Hey, what's up? My name is Stephen, and I lead Avenue Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, along with my wife and an incredible team. We really have a desire to see people experience God's unconditional love, find their true identity in Christ, and live out their purpose. And we would love to connect with you. You can find us on all social media platforms simply by searching Our Avenue Church. You can also check us out online by going to OurAvenueChurch.com. We really pray that something in this message inspires and equips you to experience the way of life you were created to live in Christ. Enjoy. Dig into the word. You guys ready? Wrapping up a series on wisdom. So go to Proverbs chapter three, and we'll pick up some verses there in just a moment. There's like three weeks, like a three-week series in the book of Proverbs is really not even the tip of the iceberg. Like it's just an ice cube off the iceberg, right? There's so much that we could cover as we're looking through this 31-chapter book that was written by Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. And, and through these Proverbs, there are things that we could read that, that help us with relationships, that help us with our walk with God, that help us with our finances. And really, if you wanted to, you could read the whole book of Proverbs in a month and just by reading one chapter a day. There's 31 chapters, and so you could, might have to, you know, a month that has 30 days, you might have to read two chapters on that last day. It's like two chapters in a day. I have faith in you. You can do it. But I believe, like, if you read just a chapter a day, if we read just a chapter a day, God would drop nuggets of wisdom. And to be honest, like, some of, you know, the, the Proverbs are are a little bit different because it's filled with riddles and illustrations and wise sayings. And some of them at first glance don't make a lot of sense. Like one of my favorite Proverbs is actually um, chapter 26, verse 11. It says, as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. (laughs) And so it's like, quote that on a Monday morning and see what kind of looks you get. But anytime I read that, I just picture my uncle, my, my aunt and uncle had this dog. His name was Jack. And he was like part German shepherd and just part mutt. Um, And anytime he ate, like pretty much anytime he ate, it was coming right back up. Like it was disgusting. But guess what he did? He went right back to it and just finished it all over again. But it stayed down the second time. So I don't know like why is the reasoning behind that. But what this scripture said is just like a dog does that. A foolish person is going to go back and just repeat the same thing over again because they didn't learn the lesson. And so just as it's disgusting to watch a dog do that, sometimes it's pretty disgusting to watch our friends and our family members just make the same mistake, the same decision over and over and over. So hopefully as we're growing wise um, and digging into God's word, we can learn to make better decisions. And so that's what I want to talk about today is so we talked about the foundation of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And then last week we talked about walking in the path of of the wise and growing wise. And I want to help us today Um, just to make some wise decisions. Um, Do you know how many decisions a day that you make? Three. Man, I want to live in your world. Just three. What am I wearing? What am I eating? And what time am I going to sleep? That's all that I want to know. No, actually 35,000 decisions. 
like I Googled a bunch of different resources because everything on the internet is true, right? And so I didn't want to just check the one, but I checked. And the average number of decisions that the average person makes is 35,000. And so when you think about that, like from what time am I going to wake up? to am I going to brush my teeth, to am I going to take a shower? Hopefully you made those decisions um, the right way. But 35,000, a lot of times we think that we're just making large decisions. But throughout the course of the day, we are making multiple, multiple decisions. And so what happens a lot of times is, is when we come to these large decisions, there's this thing called decision fatigue and that you've just made so many decisions you don't want to make anymore. And so those of you who are familiar with Steve Jobs, if you noticed, he always wore a black turtleneck and jeans. Like no matter where you saw him, he could be like somewhere super fancy or he could be at McDonald's. He was always wearing black on jeans. And the reason why he did that is that was one less decision he had to make. And so for me, like that started to make sense. And like I, as a nine on the Enneagram, decisions are ridiculously hard for me to begin with because I see every angle and I want to make everybody happy, right? So for just like little things, I wear the same thing a lot Monday through Friday. So I don't think about it. I eat the same thing for breakfast. Every, my daughter's like, yeah, dad, I've seen you wear that shirt three times. It's okay. It's clean. I promise. Because I don't want to have to think about it. I don't want to have to think about it. But there are certain times in life where we have to make decisions and it can be grueling. And really the hardest decisions are not those that are black and white. The hardest decisions are those that are kind of gray. Like I would rather have decisions that, that are like finite, that, that I know go right or go left. But the, some of the hardest decisions are like, well, I could go right and it would be awesome. And I could go left and it could be awesome. And so we wind up freezing in the midst of that. Anybody else? Like you just freeze because I don't know which way to go. And, and I've been there. And so I know some of you in this room have been there. And so some of the times what we do is, is, is we make pros and cons lists. And I remember when I thought this, my mind immediately went to friends because that's what we watched for years. When, when Ross is trying to decide if he wants to be with Rachel or this other girl named Julie, he's making a pros and cons for each one, right? And how many times when we have to make a decision, we make a pros and cons list and we don't always go with the pros list. We go against what we see is the right thing to do with what we want to do. Has anybody ever done that? Like, you know what you're supposed to do, but you also know what you want to do. And sometimes those are in conflict. And really for us as followers of Jesus, sometimes neither one of those are the right decision. And the right decision is somewhere in between when we lean into God's word and lean into God's leading through his Holy Spirit. So I want to help us. One of the, one of the greatest things that we can do is, is ask questions. So let's look at now Proverbs chapter three, verses five through um, starting in verse five, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Do I go right? Do I go left? Do I stay straight? Do I stay put? Trusting him, seeking his will, he'll show us the path. It says, don't be impressed by your own wisdom or your pros and cons list, right? Um, you've got it all figured out. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. And I almost took that verse out. I was like, that doesn't really re like talk about decisions. But, but how many times have when we made bad decisions, we feel it all over, 
right? We feel it like in our bones. David even talks about like when we're, when we're away from God and, and we're living in a life of sin, that we are sick on the inside, that when we make a decision and we may have um, some reservation about that decision, but then when we go all the way in, we are literally like sick in our body. And that's why some of us, at times we have high anxiety, we have shortness of breath and, and science and even shows that our, our health is affected um, by decisions, especially when we make the wrong one. And so even better than a pros and con list, um, I want us to help us ask the right questions because I believe that the right questions bring clarity. The right questions can bring clarity because what that happens is, is that kind of uncovers some things that may be hidden. And our guys group, we just finished up a series by Andy Stanley called Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets. And that if you look at most of the regrets that we have in our life, there are because we made poor decisions. And the best way to make better decisions is to ask better questions. And so I'm not gonna give you the questions that were in the study in case you were like, oh, awesome, I'll get a whole semester of small group in one service, not the case. We may do this small group again in the future, and I would encourage you, if you're not a part of a small group, when we relaunch them in the fall, get a part of a small group, because there's wisdom in that, there's counsel in that when you're making decisions, and so it was just really cool in this small group. We had guys changing jobs, we had guys talking about moving, and even within my family, we were making some, some decisions, and it was awesome just to look into God's word to see how we need to make decisions. So let's talk about some questions. The first question that we need to ask ourselves when we're making a decision is what biblical principles should inform my decision? Immediately, a lot of times we want to go to Google or we want to ask our friends, but we need to go to God's word first. And that lines up with everything that we've talked about the last three weeks is like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we start there. And then to have a, a teachable heart when we're walking on the path of the wise, we need to accept God's word and God's way. So it only makes sense that the very first question that we ask is, what biblical principles should inform my decision? Proverbs chapter two says, so follow the steps of the good and stay on the path of the righteous. So these biblical principles, they keep us on the path of the righteous for only the godly will live in the land and those with integrity will remain on it. Um, the first question has to be, is what biblical principles inform my decision? Now, there are principles in scripture like, obviously, there are things that we make decisions on that God did not put in his word, do this, don't do that. But there are principles and values that we take from God's word that should help inform our decisions of how we handle money, of how we walk in relationship with others, whether it's our spouse, whether it's coworkers. There are principles that, that talk about how we live in relationship with God and following his obedience. And so we need to look at what these principles are and begin to order our steps based on those principles, not based on what someone else does. But then in addition to the principles, there are also these promises that God has for us that aren't necessarily directives, but they are to help us build our faith and trust in him. We can sing it on a Sunday morning when we're all in a room together and voices are lifted and, 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 and the energy is high, but can we still stand on those same promises on a Tuesday morning, right? So there are principles that guide us 
but then there are also promises that, that continue to move us forward. And, and, and if you don't know what those are, like if you don't, like I don't know a lot of God's principles. This is all still kind of new to me. Um, back in the day, we had this thing called concordance, right? It's like you get it that thick and you would look up, all right, I need like know how to manage my money better. Then you can Google ver- or look in the concordance under money or relationships or, you know, sex or addictions and all these kind of things. And the concordance would, would show you some of these principles and promises. Now we have Google for that, right? Now we have the version app. We have Bible Gateway. You can just type it in. And so I want to encourage you, like if you don't have those or don't know those, start finding some of those principles for whatever decision you're making right now. And don't just listen to other people's sermons, okay? God speaks to you specifically for where you're at if we're listening. But so many times we want to microwave things and just listen to a podcast and listen to another sermon, all on these topics. And there, there will, I do that. There are truths in there, but God wants to speak specifically to you for your moment. So get that word for you in your moment. Follow his principles and trust his promises. So what are the biblical principles that should be informing my decision? And once we get that in line, this helps with the second one, with what is my motive? What is my motive? So regardless of what decision you're having to make right now, what direction, what, what, what you're needing to do, what is your ultimate motive for that? Because here's what I know. Like, like I, I lie to myself more than I lie to other people. Anybody else? No, probably not, right? Like, really? Yes. I try to convince myself of things that I don't need to be convinced of, right? And this is, this is what um, Proverbs 16 says this. It says in verses one and two, we can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the correct answer. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Guys, this can be a painful process when we get real with ourselves. Like one of the questions in the guy's small group that, that we started out with was, um, am I being honest with myself? Really? <laughs> right? Am I being honest with myself? Because there are times when I ask, it's like, am I, am I being truthful to myself right now? And I can even lie to myself about that, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, but no, really, am I being honest? And, and here's what Jeremiah says. It, says. it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart is deceitful above all things. And so when we were talking in our small group about this, and, and we know, like, we will make a decision for the good of whether it's a habit we wanna change, whether it's something we wanna to pursue to better ourselves, whether it's following after something with God or, or, or making some decisions. And, and we will do really good for a long time, right? But then all of a sudden, we just go off course. And the question was, and I asked the question, I was like, well, why do you think you did that? And I was like, well, I really don't know. You know why? You know why we do it? The heart is deceptive. He can pull us off course. It can pull us off course without even realizing what's happening. And so we have to constantly check what our motives are. And that can be a painful process. That's why David said, God, like point out anything in me that offends you. Know my anxious thoughts and lead me on the path of righteousness. And, and I, I'd never read this um, translation of the Bible, but the Aramaic Bible says this. It says, um, know my anxious thoughts and point out if there are ways of lies in me. 
that there are ways of lies in me because if we're not careful, we lie to ourselves. And so we have an easier time of checking our motives if we are staying in line with God's principles, okay? And then the third question is this, is will this affect my integrity? So am I following God's principles? What are my motives? And if we can answer those two correctly, the third one we can answer correctly as well is, is, is will this affect my integrity? And the question is this, is like, if I make this decision, if I choose this course, will I have to be a different person on this day than I am on this day? Because, because integrity just doesn't mean character, right? A lot of times we think integrity means being honest, excuse me, being fair, but integrity means being whole. Integrity means not being compartmentalized because what we do in this culture today is, is we compartmentalize our lives without even knowing it. We are one person at work. We are one person at home. And now we, with social media, we can be a completely different person on social media. And so we, we lose our identity in the process of trying to be all these different things. But if we are walking in integrity, then we are the same. We are whole. We are not compartmentalized. It's not just about being honest. We don't have to pretend to be somebody we're not because of a decision that we have to make. And this is, this is what Proverbs 10 says. It says, people with integrity walk safely but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. Eventually, if you are walking out of alignment of who you are, you will be exposed. Like your true self will come to the surface. Everything that you try to keep hidden, scripture says, will be brought to light at some point of, or the other. And so when we're making decisions, we have to decide, is this going to affect my integrity? Is this going to change who I am? And what that means is we have to decide, are we going to make decisions um, for our desires? Or are we going to make decisions for our values? Or are we going to make decisions against our desires? And what I mean by this is, is there's a lot of things that I want to do that I know I shouldn't do. Um, desires aren't a bad thing, but giving the, like God gives us our desires, right? But the enemy twists those desires and that's where sin comes from. As a matter of fact, James says that, that, that sin begins with desires. And when desires are left unchecked, sin grows, takes root and grows until it is fully developed and leads to death. But when we make decisions against our desires and towards our values, guess what? We're walking in integrity. I'm finding, I was just thinking, like, like I, I feel like sometimes I have to treat myself as like a preteen all over again. Because there are things that I, that, that I want to do, it's like, I, I know I just can't. And, and I, I'm really having to discipline myself in different areas than what I did. Does that make sense? It's like, like as we're growing, our integrity grows, but our influence also grows. Whether you're a pastor, whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, whether you're a business leader, you have integrity that you have to guard and it takes time to build that up. 
but it takes just a minute to be exposed. Think about like, 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 I don't know if anybody knits, this may be a horrible example, but if you've watched people roll a ball of yarn, like it takes forever to take it out of the little package and then you're rolling it, rolling it, rolling it. But when you drop it, it takes just a second for it to unroll and unravel. Our integrity is the same way. We have to guard that. So is this decision going to affect your integrity? So, so those three questions are kind of heart issues. Am I following God's principles? Um, are my motives right? Is this gonna affect my integrity and my influence with people? And so the next few questions are like, all right, practical questions. The, the fourth one is this, do I have all the information that I need? Do I have all the information that I need? Um, have you ever said this? Well, I wish you would have told me that before. <laughs> right? Because you made the decision without having all the information that you need. I've said that more times than I like to count. Proverbs 18 says, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Is both shameful and foolish. Without having all the information that we need, we make decisions prematurely. And, and I kind of at times will make decisions based on my gut, based on my feelings without having all the information. And so there's this practice in the business world. Some of you guys may know the, the seven whys. It's like you ask why not just once, but twice, three times. You get an answer, but why? Get an answer, but why? What do we want to do with our kids when they do that? <laughs> right? And so some of us, though, there is so much wisdom in that, right? There's so much because they're getting all the information that they need. I was talking to my neighbor this past week as was watering my grass and his son was wanting to do something and the dad said no and guess what he asked? Why? And he gave him a reason and he was like, but why? And he asked like three times and finally the dad said, but why? You asked and I answered. That's why. Into discussion. I was like, dude, I'm going to try that, right? <laughs> I'm going to try that. And see, But when it comes to making a decision, we just need to ask questions and ask questions. And that, that's hard for me. Um, and it may be hard for you. But if we're asking the right questions, even like what I'm giving you guys today, it will lead to better decisions and fewer regrets. So do you have all the information you need? Question number five, what are the red flags what are the red flags? And I know that was kind of, kind of a social thing for a while on social media. It's like red flag. You saw all these like red flag emojis popping up and emails and it's like you gotta watch for that red flag. But we need to lean into that. Like there are things where we're making decisions and we kind of have a little check in our spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit is given to us to walk and work in line with God's word. And if there is any kind of red flag guess what you need to do? Hit the pause button. You need to hit the pause button and say, okay, why is this red flag there? What am I feeling this? Um, what is causing this? And, and the proverb that I have for this sounds, I was like, God, this really doesn't fit, but it just really resonated with my spirit. Proverbs 61 verse 11, it says, the Lord demands accurate scales and balances. I think that we have placed on the inside of us an accurate scale and balance on the decision. And God demands for us to use that. The Holy Spirit is our like warning signal when we're going in the wrong direction. 
that, 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 that's gonna hurt us. He sets the standard for fairness. God's standard for fairness and decisions is set with his word. And, and, and it is weighed in the balance through the Holy Spirit. And if something in your gut just doesn't feel right and there's red flags, you need to move back one space, <laughs> right? You need to move back one space. You've drawn the card and it says, move back one space. You have red flags and you need to ask more. You guys don't sound so sure about that. Yes, you need to ask more questions because there's some information that you don't have. So what questions do you need to ask? Where are the red flags? Question number six, um, what is the consensus of my community? What is the consensus of my community? Proverbs 50, 15, 22 says, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. So who do you have in your circle of influence? Who do you have at your table? Used to do this um, exercise with our leadership teams back at my previous church and it was called board of directors. Every business, every organization has a board of directors and there's a boardroom and there's a board table. And when you have a meeting, everyone comes around the table and we talk about the decision that has to be made. So you may not be a CEO of a business, but you are the CEO of your life. Jesus, and then you're the COO, I guess, right? <laughs> you're the COO. And so you need to have a board, a, 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 a board of, of directors around you. Who is at your boardroom? Who do you have that can speak truth into this situation? And then there's this question when it comes to the consensus. Are you sharing about the decision or are you selling the decision that you want to make? I'll let that settle because that hit me in the gut, <laughs> right? Are you sharing the information? Or are you selling the decision that you want to make? Because if we're not careful, we won't share all the information and we will withhold the bad and only put forth the good so that we can make the decision that we really want to make. And so what happens is we try to get consensus and we try to get approval from those that influence us so we feel good about our bad decision, <laughs> right? So are you sharing are you selling? And then are you leaving room for disagreement? What happens when the people in your boardroom of your life disagree with you? Do you take that as wisdom or do you take that as offense? Me personally, sometimes I take it as offense, right? Are you sharing or selling? Do you make room for disagreement? If you're only talking to people that you agree with, you're heading for disaster. And what is happening is you're separating yourself from people. Proverbs 18.1 says, and this is the amplified version. I love the way it says this. It says, he who willfully separates himself from God and man seeks his own desires and he quarrels against all sound wisdom. So if you're trying to make all the decisions on your own, the only advice that you're getting is from yourself, I'll just let you know right now, you're going to make a lot of bad decisions. Because what you're doing is you're separating yourself from God and man and it's gonna lead to destruction. So what is the consensus of your community? And then the last question that we need to ask ourselves is am I moving at God's speed? Am I moving at God's speed? The proverb for this says, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. 
My granny used to say it this way. A stitch, of time, a stitch in time saves nine. A few of you know that. Like, like one step at a time. One step at a time. Haste makes wigs. And actually, this wisdom came from one of our coordinators. Um, it's like, look, here's what we're going to do at a, as, as a church. Um, Steve, who oversees our small groups and our outreach, says, look, let's move at God's speed. Um, there's a lot of things I want to do with Avenue Church. Like, I've got visions and plans and things that I want to see ministry-wise take place, people that we want to reach, mission trips we want to go on, ministries I want to start. And we're going to do it all, but I can't do it all right now. If I try to do it all right now, I'm going to wear you guys out. I'm going to wear my A-team out, and then it's just going to be me trying to do it all, right? And so uh, I heard a pastor say one time, it's like, we need to take our five-year goals and maybe turn them into 10-year goals, and then see God do more in that five year than what we thought we could do. But we're trying to pursue and trying to push and make things happen. And so, you know, I, I really feel like in my spirit, maybe some of you guys are trying to rush through a decision just so that you can get it over with or just so that you can get to the spot that you think you wanna be in for now. Maybe that's the spot God wants you to be in, but not now because there's still a part of a journey that he wants to take you on. There's still some things he wants to point out in your heart, in your motives. Maybe there's some, some biblical principles he's still working on you to learn and it is a journey for you to go on and to get there. Don't rush the process, move at God's speed. And these are seven like really practical questions and hopefully you took notes and if you're making a decision, don't try to work through it all on one day, but just every couple of days, just ask God to, to walk you through these questions to bring clarity to the direction that he wants to take you in. And, and I know when we try to rush it, um, we see God moving in scripture three ways. It's surely, it's slowly, and then it's suddenly. Like when we receive a promise from God and we feel like we're supposed to move forward, we think, surely God is with us. This is gonna happen. And then there's a long, slowly, right? It takes place. It's like, we're the kid in the back seat. Dad, are we there yet, right? And we're 43, we're like, God, are we there yet? Are we there yet, right? We're the same. But then scripture says time and time again, suddenly God moved. It didn't get to suddenly. There was a surely God's gonna provide and there's a slowly process of years and then suddenly. And so I don't know what decisions, like hopefully these questions are helping you, but, but really these last two points is, is, is really what I want you guys to walk away knowing and confident in is that these two truths, and, and you hear them a lot from the stage, but I want you to walk trusting in God's way trusting in God's way, trusting in the Lord and his ways. Proverbs 3 says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. We say this a lot. Even when it doesn't feel good, it's going to end good. And if it doesn't feel good, God's not done yet right? If it's not good, God's not done. And you know, the old saying, if, if I'm not dead, God's not done. It's like he started a work and he's going to continue the work until completion when it is perfected at Christ's return. 
That could be next week. That could be next year. That could be next you know, century. Who knows? But God is still working, and we have to trust in that. That's why I say a lot of times, like, even though we can't feel his hand, let's, let's trust his heart that he is still working. Trust in the Lord and his ways. That nothing is wasted that you go through. Nothing is withheld from his hand when you need it. And then this last point is really what is the bedrock of it all. Um, regardless of what happens, regardless of the outcome, the gospel is still true, guys. Our decisions don't change the goodness of the good news. It doesn't change that. And so if you're here and you're walking with Christ today and you make a bad decision, I trust he's going to make it right. I trust he's going to navigate you with it to, to bring you to where he wants you. It may take five years. It may take 15 years. But that doesn't change the goodness of the gospel. That you are still loved. That you are still forgiven. That, 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 that he still has promises that are for you. And I know for me, and listen to me, I know for me, sometimes I can take life decisions and I can make them a heaven or hell issue. That if I make the wrong decision, God's gonna be disappointed in me. Are there gonna be consequences? Absolutely. <laughs> but that does not change his love for you. It does not change his love for me. It doesn't change his promises for you. The gospel is still true regardless of the outcome. And even looking at the decisions that our nation has made in the last couple of years, regardless of which side you're on, I'm pro-life. But I love those who are pro-choice just the same. And I know that people at times feel backed into a corner and they feel like their only choice was to make the decision that was overturned. But even in that, guys, the gospel is still true. The gospel is still true. Regardless if you mess up a thousand times or you get it right every time, the gospel is still true. So our band is going to come up in just a moment. And, and when they were in rehearsal, or they, they come on now. Um, when they were in rehearsal and they were, they were finishing this song, it's like there is only one way to be saved. There is only one truth. There is only one life, Jesus Christ. And so some of you in here may be faced with a ridiculously hard decision. I can't imagine. I've been there, but I don't want you to hang your salvation based on that decision. Because if you're walking with Christ, you've already made the greatest decision and the best decision. Are we perfect? No. Are we doing our best to follow him? Yes. And if you're here today and you haven't made that decision, that is the most important decision that you can make. Everything else is built on that foundation, walking in his ways, walking in, in his direction. And you don't have to wait to clean yourself up before you can come to him. You can come to him exactly as you are today. Scripture says that at just the right time while we were still sinners. That's the right time. Paul says today is the day of salvation. Today is the right time. And who is that for? Scripture says that all those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Looked up all of those and everyone, guess what that means? Everyone, right? And if that's you today, um, today can be your day that you can make the wisest decision that you could ever make. And so here's what I want us to do. I want us to stand. I want us to stand. I want to pray. I want to pray for you. Um, 
If you're here today and you do not have a relationship with Christ, I want you to make that decision today. Not, not because you heard a really good sermon or because you've heard really good music, but because the Holy Spirit has spoken to you today. That God's word has pierced you today. It doesn't matter who you were, who you are. It only matters who God wants you to be and it's walking in relationship with him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if, if that's you today, and you could have been walking with the Lord for a while and maybe you've taken some steps out, you've moved out of the house for a little bit. Um, he's a God that is waiting on you to come home, to move back home. He's made all the plans and all the preparations for you. If that's you today, you say, I, Jesus, I wanna give you my life. I'm gonna ask you just, you can put your hand right up and you can put it right back down. It's, it's just so that I know who I'm praying for in this moment. And then we're gonna pray together in just a moment. Awesome, awesome. Now, for the rest of us, would you look up here at me? We'll do this one all together. If you're in the midst of making a, a large decision, an important decision, and you need wisdom, would you lift your hand? So that we can see who we are praying for, right? Every hand, right? We're all there. Let's just pray. Father, we just come to you, and I see, I see this incredible um, congregation, your people, your sons and your daughters. And God, there are those that have lifted their hands and, and saying that they need you in their life, that they need to make the most important decision and that is confessing you as their Lord and Savior. And God, your word promises us that in that moment, your spirit joins with our spirit so that we can cry out, Abba, Father that we become your child in that moment. Your word says that all the old is gone and all things are made new and we are a new creation, that we have been reborn. And so Father, whether they raised their hand or they lifted their heart, God, I pray they would have the confidence of knowing that regardless of all their past decisions, decisions they make, the gospel is still true are still good. And God, for every hand that was lifted, God, that, that they're facing a decision, whether it's a job decision, whether it's, it's a real estate decision, whether it's a health decision, whether it's a family decision, God, help us to walk through these principles and seek you first and then move at your speed. God, that if we trust you and lean not on our understanding, you will lead us on the right path. God, we trust it in your name. God, we trust it in your name that you are the way, that you are the truth. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Come on, let's sing this out one last time together. Just as a declaration.